See something really scary? You bet. Music, horror, art, politics, and overall badassery. Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio for real on Society 13 Networks. Good evening, folks, friends, and fiends. Thank you for tuning in to Kettle Whistle Radio. Very special one tonight. Uh, we really are. We're on a roll lately. Um, good friend tonight. Uh, great horror director uh, Jack Thomas Smith will be with us today, talking about his film Infliction, which is doing incredibly well. He comes with a resume, and it's more of a conversation than an interview. We had a really good time, but also very important. Uh, couple of things here. You're going to hear some really good music. He picked out some stuff for us, too. Uh, first off, you're going to hear my pick, uh, Ruby. Uh, you're going to hear Hoops by Ruby. Now, we've been having a stellar season so far. We had Ruby themselves, which is actually Leslie Rankin, wonderful woman, Scottish lady. And we had her on the episode prior to this one. It was a fantastic episode. Great music. If you like punk, if you like alternate rock, I guess, it's it, it's rock music. And it's just good. Uh, even industrial fans will, will like it because it, it was put in that category. But Ruby was on last week. Fantastic show. You're going to hear a little bit from her. But now, again, Jack Thomas Smith will be on shortly talking about infliction and all the other things we must discuss. There's a lot. It's a very scattered episode. I, I don't mind saying that. Uh, it, we had so much going on here, and the music was a big part of it. Danny Stoddard was one of his picks. The song There Is No In-Between, you're going to hear that. And friends of his, Purple Pam and the Flesh Eaters. I believe they're from my stomping grounds on Long Island. The song, How Does It Feel? You're going to hear that as well. And more. But again, it's been stellar lately. And I got to say, I'm really, you know, this this hit me while we were recording. Unfortunately, there's only today and tomorrow to do this unless they extend it. Uh, my friends at Sh- uh, Shrouded in Neglect, S.I.N. That is Shrouded in Neglect. Great metal band. They're having an event in Angora, Cleveland. Uh, it's two, if, for all you Mushroom Head fans, uh, the, here, I'll just read it verbatim here as my friend Nathan Kempner, who plays guitar for them, he sent me this. Um, hey, just a heads up. From now until May 22nd, which happens to be tomorrow, unfortunately, uh, maybe they'll extend it. We are donating 50% of profits from online purchases to Stacy Hatrix or Hetrix. This is the wife of Jeff Hetrix, aka Jeffrey Nothing of Mushroom Head. This is to help with medical and living expenses due to her recent diagnosis with stage three colon cancer. We were asked to play the, the benefit show at Cleveland Angora on the 22nd and have decided to take it one step further. Any purchase will be helping a great family out in a time of need. So stop by the website. And pick up a copy of our new album or a couple stickers, whatever you can afford. If you don't have it, please share our most recent post about it. Thanks so much and hope to see you soon. That's Shrouded in Neglect. 
Now you can help this help Mushroom Head and this event. Um, I mean, there's never too much help in this situation here. Again, um, Jeff Hatrix of that's Jeffrey Nothing of Mushroom Head, his wife who has stage three colon cancer. Go to www.shroudedinneglect.com. And uh, I think he actually spelled Angora wrong. I think it's Agora, he says later on. But you could look it up. It's the Mushroom Head Show Friday night this week. Um, and this is for a good cause. Do what you can. Do what you can. In situations such as this, people don't come through for you. And it's nice when strangers can actually help. I talk from experience. Um, but that's a big... That just happened, folks. Otherwise, we, there would have been warning and we would have talked about it sooner. He just let me know last night. But thanks, Nathan Kepner. I hope we can help you out. Again, the great band Shrouded in Neglect, one of the first guests we ever had. And uh, coming up now, uh, in just minutes, we're going to have the great Jack Thomas Smith. And what, there's not... You know what? I'll let him speak for himself. All right? Thanks for listening, folks. Shovel. 
Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio. Folks, friends, and fiends, I have a favorite uh, from another show, actually, from Society 13 Network's uh, The Ninth Story. I believe we had director extraordinaire Jack Thomas Smith, and now he's on Kettle Whistle Radio. How are you doing there, Mr. Smith? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> you mind if I call you Jack? Uh, you can call me Jack. Please, please call me Jack. <laughs> Jack, Jack, yeah, Jack from New Jersey, correct? That's right. And yeah, you guys are where? Pittsburgh? Yeah, yeah, I'm a Long Islander. Uh, lots of family okay. in the Jersey area. But, uh, yeah, yep. we're all in Pittsburgh. Uh, and th- this ship of our has, sh- ship of ours has been really sailing well, I'm just going to say. Um, but anyway, for those that don't know you by now, Jack Thomas Smith, director of Disorder, um, and uh, the, the ever-growing infliction, yeah, which is just an amazing film. Um, and of course, there is Regenerated Man, where you you have associate producer pr- credit as well as screenplay. Yeah, correct. Yeah, that was actually the first film that I worked on back in the nineties. Right. Uh, that that was kind of the one that uh, that I learned on. You know, I was uh, uh, Ted Bohus. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Ted or not. I am. Um, yeah, from just watching that film, that's I, I am. But you talked about him the last time on the ninth yeah. story. Yeah. Now, Great guy. He was the, now, that was your crash course into making a horror movie? That was my crash course, man. I never went to film school. I met Ted through a guy uh, 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 that I had known at a video store that I worked at, and I was just a young kid, and, you know, I said to Ted, you know, I want to get into films, you know? And uh, Ted and I co-wrote that script, The Regenerated Man, and that was it, man. I mean, I, I learned a lot from Ted. I learned, you know, what a grip does, a gaffer, best boy. I mean, I was on set holding the boom. And um, <clears throat> ironically, I talked to Ted today. It was weird. Get out um, of here. Really? <laughs> yeah, I swear to God, we were on the phone for a little while just catching up. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I learned a lot from him, man. And then uh, from there, I worked with uh, John Russo, who's your neck of the woods out there in Pittsburgh. Yep, yep, yep. That's what you talked about last time, that he was, he's yeah. a, a mentor of yours as well. <clears throat> That's right. That's great. Uh, yeah, he's a mentor of mine. I can't even begin to tell you. I've never seen a cooler dude in the presence of all these fans around him. He's just, like, so matter-of-fact. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. I mean, he really is. You know, I uh, I saw him at Days of the Dead in Chicago back in November, and just, uh, you know, just a cool guy. You know, we were hanging out, and, uh, you know, we caught up. It had been a while since we had seen each other. and uh, But, yeah, he's just – he is great with the fans. I mean, that's that's the thing that's amazing about him is he doesn't get weird – um, you you know you can just go out and have a beer with him, and he's, yes, uh, he's just a cool guy. <laughs> yes, we have had had beers with him. He's a great great <laughs> storyteller. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna hide that. Fact. And he always manages to get on this show somehow. Once again, here we are talking about John Russo. The last time I did talk to you, I had something new coming out myself, actually through Burning Bowl Publishing. Um, John Russo put together the uh, Rise of the Dead collection, which is an anthology of zombie stories in the timeline of his original. Okay. Yeah, and that's out right now. That that can't. That's. I guess that was. Yeah, that was the latest thing I I put out. I, um, I I have another book out, but we're not going to talk about that right now. But more importantly, you. Okay. Uh, what was the wizard? Was not when that was wizard. I'm sorry, Wizard <laughs> World Comic Con. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you got it, man. Yeah, Wizard World Comic Con in Philadelphia, man. I mean, they had about eighty thousand people there. It was absolutely insane. Wow. No, I saw that in your pictures of you up there on the panel. I believe. Yeah, yeah. I had a panel. We did a screening. 
Um, you know, it, it, it went great, you know, really seemed like people enjoyed the film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and what was cool about it on a side note was that Burt Reynolds was having his <laughs> panel right next to mine. I saw that. So honestly, I mean, I hate to admit this, but once the movie got started, I slipped next door to go watch Burt, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I saw that on your Facebook page. Yeah. I was, I was like, you know what? I've seen Infliction, I don't know, about five million times. I think I can go, uh, <laughs> go check out Burt Reynolds for a little while. And that, that was cool. Man, I mean, that that was, so cool. I'm a big Burt Reynolds fan, so that was that was a rush. That, that's awesome. That is awesome. Um, now, how do we go about explaining this film of yours, Infliction, without spoiling it? That's a tough one. So I wanted to let you do it. Yeah, no worries, man. Um, the way I describe it is, uh, Infliction is a disturbing assembled footage film that documents a murder spree committed by two brothers in North Carolina in 2011. And the horrific truth behind their actions. Um, it's it's more of a psychodrama than a horror. Um, very character driven, very story driven. It deals with a subject matter that unfortunately affects way too many people in this country. Yes. Um, and as infliction plays out, you're going to find yourself asking who are the true criminals and who are the true victims. Yeah, that's a great point you made. Um, I've watched it now three times and, it, and I, I look at it differently every time. It's, it's oh, really cool. You. Oh yeah, absolutely. I brag about it on this show a lot. Um, and I, I, th- I think I put stuff up on Facebook too, but anything you want me to promote, I'll do. Um, I was incredibly, I mean, yeah, found footage, but this, this is so different. This is not, you know, I, okay, I like, I like, I did like the Blair Witch Project back then, of course, you know. I did too. Yeah. I think I that's loved a good it. movie. This, but this is so different. This is, um, I, and I, I like my monsters. Everybody knows, if you listen to this, I like my monsters. Do you, you got the human monster, the psychodrama thing down perfect, I think. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean, unfortunately, you know, the, the real monsters, you know, it's, it's not Freddy Krueger. It's not Michael Myers. I mean, it's, it's the true monsters are the real monsters, you know, yes. the, you know, the, the guys that go out there and shoot up schools and, you know, those are the real monsters in this world. Exactly. So how did that screening go in Philly? Oh, it went great, man. I mean, it was, it was just such a fun day. I mean, it wasn't a huge turnout because it was a comic con. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it was, it was almost like a, um, <clears throat> I, I don't want to say it was a wrong fit, but, you know, it, it wasn't a big horror base there. Um, it was more, you know, for comics and action heroes mm-hmm. and all that. But, um, but no, I mean, it was, it was still cool. Um, you know, I mean, it was great to be there to just say we had a screening at the, at the Philadelphia Comic Con. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Um, and, you know, and the people that did see it, it seemed like they really liked the film a lot. Um, and actually, the same weekend, there was mm-hmm. a screening up in Ontario at the yeah. uh, CK Expo. Yeah. Um, they had a Comic-Con up there um, in Chatham, Ontario. And, uh, you know, we, you know, obviously, I couldn't be in two places at once, but I heard that the turnout was great for that. Cool. And, and apparently, the crowd really loved the film. So, uh, yeah, so it's just, you know, lots of great things. That was my next question about Ontario. Yes, man, uh, I mean, Infliction, it's yeah. just, it's, it's been... Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's it's been great, you know. I mean, it's it's just it seems like the fans are really receptive to the film. It seems to really be hitting people because it's not, you know, it's not guys running from a monster, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's so much more to the story and and so much substance with the characters and the storyline and 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 unfortunately it is a it it can be a real life horror what you see in the film and I think that's why people are connecting with it. 
Yes, yes. Oh, definitely, especially these days. It's in the yeah. news every day for us, something similar to that situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, and people will know when they watch it, and that's for certain. Yeah, they'll um, get it. Oh, definitely. So, yeah, I, Ontario, man, that's so cool. I, there is such a horror connection up there. I, I, I'll i get into that a little bit in a little bit later because um, I have okay. some great connections in the horror world, in uh, in horror fiction, I should say. Um, now, so you're born and bred Jersey guy? No, I was actually born in Philly. Okay. Um, And then we lived out in Michigan. I, I was in the Philadelphia area until I was about eight or nine, and then we moved out to Michigan when, I, yeah, I was about nine years old. We lived there for about three years. Um, you know, outside of Detroit on this small island. Okay. Um, and then we moved to Jersey when I was about 12. So I've been in Jersey ever since. Um, so yeah, so I, I mean, I consider Jersey my home, but yeah, but my roots are, are really Philadelphia. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. All right. I, I, I wasn't sure. Well, Philly and Jersey isn't, I mean, I can get killed, crucified for saying this, but they're not too far apart. Um, no, no. <laughs> I mean, sports, it, yeah, the sports fans. I live about 40 miles outside of New York City, so I'm about 40 miles from New York and about 60-some miles from Philly, so I'm, I'm almost smack dab between the two cities. So, growing up, was it always horror for you? Was it always the horror movies that got you, <laughs> or did you start somewhere else? I mean, it, it, horror is what got me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Dawn of the Dead, um, mm-hmm. I, I mean... Actually, let me take that back. When I was eight years old, I saw Star Wars, and ah, that was yes. we that talked about this. what did me in. You know, I mean that that was the moment when I knew I wanted to direct films. I wanted to make films. Um, but then after after seeing Star Wars, I saw the original Dawn of the Dead at the theater. Um, you know, I read The Shining by Stephen King, mm. and then it just kind of progressed from there. You know, then I was discovering all the George Romero films and John Carpenter and De Palma, and you know, just I, I really, you know, I as a teenager, I got into all of those horror films back in the you know late seventies, early eighties. You know, Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. all of them, you know, just, I mean, to me, that was just such a golden era for, for horror, you know, oh, late really 70s, was. early 80s. It so um, was. Uh, what about, how's, here's a forgotten one, um, Dress to Kill. Do you remember that one? Oh, Dress to Kill was amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was Brian De Palma, yep, that yep. was uh, Angie Dickinson, Nancy yes. Allen. That's great. Fantastic yeah. film. Um, yeah. yeah, that one, that just, one of those, you feel like you're watching something you shouldn't be watching yeah. when you watch yeah. that. And that, that's true horror to me. Now, yeah, I'm a big monster guy. Like I said, I love the blob, you know, the original as well as the remake. Sure. Um, we talked about that a little bit last time, but um now how about you as far as like growing up in that area, was it conducive to the horror environment because I know a lot of people Friday nights went to go see the horror movie that was opening that night, you know, it was just something you did. Uh yeah. Long Island we did, New Jersey I I know we did too. Um was it were you pretty much alone in your love for horror or did you have a group that you always hung out with and went and see these things? You know, that, that is actually a great question because a lot of the guys I hung with, they were more like action type guys. Yep, me you know, too. like they wanted to, you know, they wanted to go see what, whatever it was at that time coming out, you know, Lethal Weapon mm-hmm. or, you know, um, God, I'm trying to think who the action heroes were at that time, well, you know, Schwarzenegger, yep. all those guys. Yep, Chuck, um, Chuck Norris. I love those movies too, don't get me wrong. Um, but they were, yeah, most of, most of my buddies were more like action guys, more so than horror. I, I mean, I did have a few friends that were horror, you know, we, mm-hmm. you know, the one thing is, uh, you know, growing up in the eighties, you know, we would have the big house parties and, you know, we would have the kegs and everything and Dawn of the Dead would always be on the TV, <laughs> you know, it'd be Dawn of the Dead or Day of the Dead or, uh, 
uh, any one of those, Friday the 13th, The Thing, you know? I mean, it, we always made it a point that whenever we had a party, we always had one of those horror flicks. Brian. That's awesome. Evil Dead was a good one for me, too. Was, Evil Dead. There you yeah, go. That, Another one. I forgot that. Yep. Evil it, Dead. It's really hard to compare back to those days. Uh, I, I tell people all the time, especially – I know a lot of younger kids, and when I say younger kids, they're in their late 20s. They go back to those movies. They know them better than the new ones. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. That that shows her some hope then. Yeah, there's definitely some hope. Definitely some hope. Now, let's I want to twist this a little bit here. Um music, you seem to be into music a little bit. It seems like more rock and roll than anything else. Oh, uh yeah. born and bred rock and roll or I'm definitely a rock guy, man. My all-time favorite band is the Stones. Yeah, that's what you told me. Yes. Yep. Yep. So I even got the tongue on my arm, man. I, I did it when I was 16. I got the, the Stone's tongue tattoo put on my arm. <laughs> that, oh, man. That was a popular patch back in the day, man. And the oh, shirt. Yeah. I, I, I have a shirt. I got to see the Voodoo Lounge tour. So that was pretty cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. Did cool. you go? Did you, have you seen them at all recently or? Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I saw them. <clears throat> I saw them going back to Steel Wheels, Voodoo Lounge, uh, Bridges of Babylon. I saw the uh, uh, the one in 2002. That I forget what the name of that tour was. But then I I did see them uh, two years ago in Philly. Uh, my girlfriend and I went down to Philly and saw them. And I mean, Mick's like 70 years old. I know. And I mean, he didn't stop running the whole time. It's These crazy. guys were just unbelievable. 70 years old. They were just tearing it up. Yep. You know, I, 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 so. it's unreal. You're right. It truly is. Um, I, it seems like, I don't know, the music is prevalent in your movies as well. I, I don't know if it, if it affects you creatively before you're making the movie or during the movie, or do you like the soundtrack? Is that all you putting that together? Um, where, <laughs> where do you stand with that? It depends. It depends on the project. Um, I'm actually starting to write a screenplay right now where the music is going to play. Uh, it's going to play a very important part in the film. Okay. And it's actually not a horror. It's it's more of a drama, like a black comedy, oh, kind okay. of like a To Die For type. I don't know if you ever saw To Die For with Nicole Kidman. Um, or King of Comedy with Robert De Niro. Yeah. Believe it or not, that's, um, you know, I'm working on a script right now that's kind of along that line and the music is going to be very, um, very important to, to how the story moves forward. Like I'm already picking out songs where I'm like, Oh my God, if I can get the licensing rights right. on this, this would be perfect. You know? <laughs> well, that's so. like us, us tonight. You know, I wanted to have you on here so we could spin some new music for folks too. Um, uh, what they, we heard earlier tonight was, uh, Ruby, which is a, a Scottish lady, Leslie Rankin, um, who was broken in 95 and then just has a, a new album out in 2014, actually. And she's back again on the scene. It, it's, it's really good stuff. And I'll have to introduce you to some more of it there, Jack. But, um, now you introduced me to some stuff and we're going to play another tune here. This, uh, Danny Stoddard. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Great guy, man. I shot his music video. Oh, cool. That, yeah, it's a cool guy. He's an artist in New York, an indie guy. And, uh, uh, you know, does the, the rock. It's, I guess it's kind of rock, um, uh, hardcore, I guess is what they call it. Um, but, uh, yeah, really, really cool guy, man. I had a blast shooting his video. I mean, God, we did like 70 setups in one day. I mean, <laughs> we God. almost killed ourselves shooting it, but, uh, cool guy and I wish him all, all, all the best. Now, is this for the, uh, there is no in between? There's no in between. That's right. I, I directed that video. Okay. It's a yeah, good song. It, it, I got the hook immediately. Um, well, let's play that right now. You, you don't think he'd mind if we did that, huh? Nah. I <laughs> think Danny'd be cool with that. I'd probably be happy as all, as all hell. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's spin this one out and, uh, we'll be right back with Jack Thomas Smith. All right, folks. Stick around for some great 
I don't know. What are we, what are we going to call this conversation? I'm not going to interview. I'm not going to interview you again. All right. Yeah, it's just like a talk. Yeah, we're just having <laughs> exactly. a conversation. I'm cool with that. All right. Well, I'll, we'll be right back, folks. Some days I know to take it slow. Other times I don't. She seems to make up for the space between. She knows when the gap breeds. She's there to ground me. Danny Stoddard, S-T-O-D-D-A-R-D. The song, There Is No In-Between. Is that correct? There's no in-between? There's no in-between. You can check it out on YouTube. Just type in Danny Stoddard, There's No In-Between. I think I think mm-hmm. the video is up around thirty or 40,000 views now on YouTube. Cool. And I didn't know about the video till now. And, and uh, I, did, I, I got it off iTunes, to tell you the truth. I bought it. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. He is on iTunes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, That's awesome. Yes, yes. That uh, was good stuff. Off-air, once again, we always talk about how... Uh, when I'm not having my marble mouth moments, um, 
We uh, always get into these interesting conversations because I like to find out what I can and can't talk about. And usually, you, you guys are all pretty open. There's been a few that were a little weird, but yeah. <laughs> they're not hard, they're not yeah. hard directors. You get it out other means. Um, you were working on a project last time called In the Dark, and Correct. I was really excited about this, and I was hoping it was going to happen. I'm still hoping it's going to happen. Um, we're uh, we're working on it right now. Essentially, where where it's at is we're trying to raise the startup capital. Um, and what In the Dark is about, it's an action horror film that takes place on a small island in Michigan, I, ironically, and <laughs> not ironically, um, the, the same island that um, I lived on when I was a kid, as, as I said, uh, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so on this island, it, it basically gets overrun by zombie vampire creatures, and there's a handful of people left alive. They got guns. They're blowing the crap out of these things. There's thousands of these things, um, and the main characters are, are battling them, trying to get off this island to the mainland. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of the popcorn version of the film. Right. Uh, but underneath it, you know, there's a pretty strong theme. Um, the, the underlying theme to the film, it's, it's, it's a play on immorality. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, the main character, you know, his backstory is he had paralyzed his best friend in a drunk driving accident. Oh. Another one of the main characters is cheating on his wife. Uh, another main character is a teenage girl being abused by her stepfather. Um, and even these zombie vampire creatures, their need to feed is almost like a crack addiction. They're almost like drug addict vampires. Um, so you have this strong theme that kind of connects the protagonists with the antagonists. Um, so, yeah, on the surface, it's going to be edgier seed action effects, you know, horror, you know, suspense. But then underneath, there's a really strong story and really strong uh, character development, along with with a with you know a very uh, mm-hmm. a, a very strong theme. Yeah, that's what you're good at is the character development. That's that's what's important to me. Um, it's you know the, the same old thing. You go back to George Lucas: a special effect without a story is a very boring thing. And I always stick Wait. with that one. And, yeah, I yeah. agree, man. And and that's the whole thing is you know I don't. I don't want this to, and, 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 you know, our, our effects artist is going to be Vincent Guastini, who did the effects on Infliction. Uh, Vinny's also done major films. I mean, he did Last of the Mohicans. Mm. He did, you know, Dogma, uh, Requiem to a Dream. I wow. mean, uh, Hannibal, and he's a very good friend of mine. I've known him for over 20 years, so he'll be doing the effects on this. How exciting. Uh, I just got chills for you. That's great. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is, <clears throat> you know, we don't want to go crazy with with CGI. You know, I mean, I want it to be mostly practicals. You know, maybe some, you know, mm-hmm. CGI just to kind of, you know, in, in other words, if we've got a hundred zombie vampires running at people, we can just multiply them in posts. You know, that I'm okay with, but I don't want, you know, I don't want bat creatures flying around that look like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> Um, so it's, so where we're at with it is, you know, we are meeting with investors for startup capital and that's always the hardest part is getting that first money in. So what I'm doing is I'm, I'm starting an Indiegogo campaign, um, just to generate enough capital 
um, <clears throat> to secure our casting director and secure our, our quote unquote bankable stars. Okay. Um, once you get your bankable stars, you can do foreign pre sales pretty much for, for the balance of the budget of the film. The film's going to come in at around five to six million. Wow. Um, so we can generate a lot of that with far most of it through foreign pre sales as long as we have the right stars attached. Wow, so, Jack. Well, Jack, do you, do you feel that you're just slowly moving up or is this moving faster than you want it to? Like you see, every time you do one, you get a little bit bigger, a little bit better budget. Like, is that just the natural progression or is this, I mean, uh, you tell me. I think it's a natural progression. I mean, at least that's what you hope, you know? I, yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I'm not going to lie though. I don't, I don't know if I'd ever want to do a big Hollywood film. And I, I mean, and mm. that's not, you know, that's, that's not, uh, sour grapes or anything no. like that. Like, oh, you know, I, you know, Hollywood hasn't discovered me yet. I, that's just, that's me being dead serious, man, because doing indies, you have full control. Right. You know, when, when you get into those big Hollywood films, I mean, obviously the paychecks are amazing, but you know what? I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not driven by money, man. I'm, mm. I'm driven by just loving what I do. This is who I am. It's in my DNA. Um, so if, if I had the option of doing a film like in the dark, which might be, you know, five, six million dollar budget or doing, you know, I don't know, final destination 15, you know, <laughs> and, and they want to offer me a ton of money, I would do my film, man. I mean, that's just where my heart is, you know? Yes. So, um, so yeah, I mean, if, if, if this continues where I keep kind of inching my way up, um, but doing what I love to do. Honestly, man, I mean, I won the lottery, you know, I mean, that's just, I mean, I, I'm the happiest guy in the world, you know, I couldn't be more blessed. I understand. I do. I mean, it's like, yeah, you, you give birth to these things and you free yeah. your, your head up and then you can move on to the next one, which is great. Um, which is really funny. This is, this is personal actually. Um, <laughs> how much we understand each other. When you told me, <laughs> I was at the ninth story recording when I met you the first time. Um, well, you know, we met through the cyber webs anyway. Yeah. And, uh, we were talking about the movie in the dark and like, uh, Dan, uh, <laughs> the, uh, guy, the man, the voice behind the ninth story saw me like, I, I, I had this look of shock on my face and, I, and then I sulked real quick. Because that was the working title for a book that I had coming out. Oh, jeez, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's cool. And I'm just like, well, all right, well, great minds. Okay, we'll go with that. But um, yeah, in the dark. So I, I, I don't know. I changed it to like no longer in the dark or something. No, <laughs> I'm sorry, no, 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 don't worry about it. It's not done yet. I don't know. But I thought it was really funny because I just like I deflated. Up. Oh wow, I can't use that now. <laughs> it was the funniest. I don't know. I, I thought it was funny afterwards. I was just sitting there sulking, like I can't believe it. But yeah, good stuff, man. I'm looking forward to this movie, and it better come out. I, I been thinking about it ever since and um I, you, you're actually in a movie coming out a friend of mine uh i set you up with uh mr johnny daggers so dagger vision films that's right yeah, yeah yeah that's right thank you yeah i forgot to mention that yep. that that you had hooked us up yeah blood on the reel uh gonna be out sometime i want to say after summer maybe i think you said yeah. september but yeah this is this is, had you written all over it because he was writing uh, when he's writing the script the trials and tribulations of making indie film yeah, and... that's right. Yep, yep. And uh, what we did was uh, we went to a theater in um, Lake Hopakong, New Jersey. I know where that is. And, uh, yeah, and it's uh, over at Camp Jefferson. They've got an outdoor amphitheater over there, and then they also have a smaller, you know, in, just regular indoor theater on their on their premises. 
Um, you know, we did the whole shoot there. You know, I sat in the theater, the DP, mm-hmm. uh, who also shot in Fliction. He set it up so it looked like there was, you know, projection light coming from the, the projector booth. And, you know, and I, I just went through the whole thing, just told some of the, the good stories about doing indie films, some of the struggles with it. Um, so, yeah, we got everything over to Johnny, and, uh, yeah, I can't wait, man. I can't wait to see the finished product. I got to see some of it. Um, I don't, I'm in there too, believe it or not. I'm, I, oh. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm in there. He, uh, he wanted to have at least one horror writer in there. Well, I guess you'd say novelist, whereas most of, most of it was, uh, directors. Um, I'm sure there's some screenwriters in there, but yeah, you want, I don't know why, honestly, you wanted me in it. I'm sitting here thinking for reasons. I, I don't have anything for you, but, um, <laughs> I, I was curious how your piece, like what you're going to be talking about. So that, that should be good. I didn't get to see it. He's back in, uh, Annapolis now. So he's, he's working on getting that out and that he'll be happy when that's out. I think it's going to be very interesting. I think it's going to be really good. I can't wait to say it. I, I mean, you know, I just kind of walked through, you know, just some of the, you know, some of the pitfalls in indie filmmaking, you know, just some of the, you know, just some of the horror stories, some of the successes, you know, it was almost like I wanted to kind of give an arc, you know, that yes. you go through all this crap to make your film and, you know, blood, sweat and tears. And then at the very end, you have that payoff. It, it's like you said earlier, you give birth to it, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that was kind of what I was trying to do with it. So, uh, yeah. So I, I know he uh, he shot me an email and he said that the footage looked great. Oh, so, cool, cool. Uh, so I'm excited. I can't wait to see to see what it all looks like all put together. I don't know how. I mean, something like 52 directors were contacted, and I think he's getting about 35 of them in there or something like that. Holy yeah, crap. Yeah, depending on the story. They, well, it could be just five minutes here, ten minutes there. I'm not sure how he's doing it, but I asked him. I was like, this is going to be over two hours. How are you going to do this? He's like, yeah. I, I just I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe do two, part two. You yeah, know, do well, uh, one and then two. You know, that's a good point. Uh, DVD extras. You put the rest of them on there, something like that. That's a really good idea. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, okay, <laughs> I guess I have to go there with you. I came across um, to, from 2014. There's a YouTube. I shouldn't even really give these guys credit, but um, they're called Movie Monday, and they reviewed uh, Regenerated Man. Oh, get out of town! And really? They, they did it. Yeah. <laughs> They did it last September. I see that review, man. I don't think you do. Um, it, it was last September, and honestly, these—they're—I think the guys are too young to realize what was going on at the time. Why you um, prefer to use certain latex over CGI? Um, they also didn't mention that you had Debbie Rochon in it. Oh, okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Debbie. Debbie had a small part in it. Yeah, I mean. But they they overlooked that, which tells me I don't know that they really knew what they were talking about. Yeah. But yeah. It, I think it'd be funny if you shot them an email afterwards. Hey, thanks for the review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious, man. I gotta I gotta check it out. I think it's yeah, funny. that um that was uh a Ted yeah like I said Ted directed that mm-hmm. um and uh, my I watched, role I saw on it was I co-wrote the script with them, yeah. helped them raise the financing, and I just kind of cut my teeth on it. Yeah. You know? Oh, I saw the movie. I enjoyed it. I don't care. Yeah. I, I mean, I was in. All that, and you know, after like Toxic Avenger and all those other things going on, there's some, but there's some fun. I, I don't know. I, I just, I love the genre. So when it comes to latex and monsters, I loved, loved that scorpion crab thing at the end too. Oh man, 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. At the very end, in the eye opens. Yes, right? that was cool. Yeah. See, I, oh my god. You know what, man? It's been so long since I saw it. I'm. I, it's funny. I, I've like completely forgotten certain things with it. <laughs> but yeah, Vinny. Vinny actually did the effects on that. My uh, my friend Vincent oh, that's Bastini. Awesome. That's how we met. Was on Regenerated Man. See, that's. I don't think now. Once again, these are two young hipsters. Um, I, I didn't have the patience, but I did. I sat through the, I think it was a 30 minute, um, uh, it's just two guys sitting at a table with a, with your VHS in their hand. That oh they, my gosh. yeah, they said they bought it for $6 at a garage sale or something. I don't know. They, they tried to be witty and it, it just came across as too hipstery. I don't know. Like they were just too cool for the room and I don't know. But you know, now they're going to get some airplay because of this. Uh, now I'm to blame. <laughs> what, what can you do? But, hey, I, I, right, I like to share with everybody. They can thank me one day, maybe. But um, but they didn't mention Debbie being in the movie. It's like guys, oh, they were like they were looking at the cover, like nah, there's really nobody in this. And I'm like, oh my god, what is wrong with you? But yeah, yeah. You're, you're, that's right. Debbie had a supporting role in it. One of Russo's buddies. Yeah, yeah. Well, she was also in Santa Claus. That was yep. a movie I worked on with John. That's right. I own it. Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So I've I've actually done two films with her. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, I guess so. Wow. Unbelievable. I didn't put yeah. that together. Um, I, I want, let's see. Here's something I really want to ask you. Um, did you ever have, have that moment where you question, you know, why, why am I doing this? Like, did you ever like second guess yourself and say, you know, you get that creative frustration? Like, uh, this isn't, I, I can't pull this, this one off the way I want to. Um, hmm. I don't know if I've ever gotten that. I knew, um, I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, and that's, I mean, that's just being honest, man, is that I just, I love doing this so much that <clears throat> I couldn't imagine doing anything but this. And it's, it's what, what's the old saying? Uh, 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 show me a man who loves what he does, and I'll show you a man who's never worked a day in his life. I probably butchered that saying, but you you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's no, like I, I, I get it. I love doing this that I don't really look at this as work. It is work, but it, it to me, I, I just, I love it so much that um, it's not work, and it's, you know, it's when you're shooting, you feel like you're free-falling, and, and you're just so stressed out and on edge, and it's juggling all these these personalities and schedules and all that and then you know when you're done shooting you're fried and burn out and then you go through the whole editing process and it's like oh man is it ever going to get done and then you want to do it all over again you know right. so it's uh it, it's just such a, a crazy process but yeah i don't i don't know if there, there i mean i can honestly tell you there has never been a moment where i was like why why am i doing this Good. No, you know? well, that's why well then you are the person that should be doing these films yeah. that's all there is to it uh I, I mean you proved it yourself time and again so um again i can't wait for in the dark but there's some other there's a lot going on in the indie world right now and um you know, Blood on the Reel, that's coming out soon. Uh, I have a list here, and you're in the same company with some of these people when you do these shows. Um, have you heard of Pieces of Talent yet? Pieces of Talent? Yeah. Um, no, no. Okay, that's one to I'm look for. I'm sorry to say, I haven't. That's one to look for. Joe Stauffer is the director's name. Um, catch it at one of these, when you go to one of these conventions, if you could see that. It's okay. so good. It's so good. It's, it's, it's about this, well, a guy is making a snuff film, basically. But he's doing it by, you know, putting an ad in the paper and <laughs> needing directors, actors, producers. Oh, wow. And okay. yeah, yeah. But it's not found footage. Uh, just there's parts of it. And then at the end, you get to see the film that he makes. And it's just like this moment, like, wow. And you'd be so 
proud of this indie director doing this. Um, that's one. That sounds awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, check out Pieces of Talent. We watched it here and then did a show afterwards to talk about it. Um, okay. Another one too. Uh, this is a good. This is a friend, friends of mine actually. The other side. Um, it's also it's been showing uh, right now. Let's see. It's the it's official. It's the official selection of 2015 Pittsburgh Independent Film Festival on June 26th. Uh, they're showing it there. Uh, the director's name is John Nespinsky. I cannot. It's a really hard name to say. Okay. I, I butcher it every time. But one of the actresses is a friend of mine, Christine Starkey. Um, she she loves your stuff too, by the way. Um, Christine Starkey was the heroine of the other side, and that's a, a very different take on the zombie. Uh, that's a, okay. that's a good one. Another good one to check out. How about you? You've, you go to these cons. Have have like anything stuck out or surprised you that you really liked? You know what's horrible, man, is that <clears throat> when I'm whenever I go to these conventions and these comic cons and all that, I'm literally spending the yeah. whole day trying to get people to come to the screening. So yeah. It, it really sucks because I miss out on so much that's going on. Cause I honestly, we have our team and it's like we're handing out flyers and it's like, Hey, my film screening seven o'clock tonight. Hope you can make it. My film screening seven o'clock tonight. Hope you can make it. I mean, that's literally what we're doing all day. So it was like, you know, even at the Philadelphia comic con, it was just for us to be able to slip out and go watch Burt Reynolds talk. I mean, that okay. was like, Oh man, I, I wasn't going to miss that for anything, you know? <laughs> that's so um, great. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, in terms of some of the indie films, um, there's honestly there's one that I really like. It's called Faces, and the director is Tom Ryan. I don't know if you know who Tom Thomas Ryan is is is, is his directing name. Um, he's in Jersey, okay. and I caught that at uh, Grindhouse Cafe Z, oh. which is in Union, New Jersey. And I dug it, man. I mean, it's it's a super low budget film. Like he had next to nothing on it. Um, but it was just a good story and, and I dug it, you okay, know, so that's faces. one that I did. It's called faces okay. and it hasn't gotten distribution yet. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's a good film. That's, that's cool. All right. Well, yeah, I love these leads. I'm, I'm going to write that one down. Okay. Um, let's, let's get to your other, your other band pick here. Okay, cool. Yeah. You want to, you want to, you call this one out? <laughs> Absolutely, man. Yeah, Purple Pam and the Flesh Eaters. Uh, I've actually, I've known Pam going back to Disorder. Uh, her song Take Me Away was in Disorder. That's right. I directed that video, um, which was on the DVD. And then for Infliction, she wrote this song specifically for Infliction. I directed the video for this as well. Um, and this is on the Infliction DVD right after the film. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, Purple Pam and the Flesh Eaters, and how does it feel, man? It's awesome song. Good stuff, good stuff. Now, I, I, it was not on iTunes, so you got to tell Pam that. She's got to get on there. But uh, okay. it is on Reverb Nation. So, Cool. Okay, let's, let's go with this one. Here's Purple Pam.
in the dark, but you should be. There are things that dwell here in the dark. Things best left unseen. With the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle. Fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. Still here? Okay. Let's play a game. <laughs> and we are back. That was Purple Pam and the Flesh Eaters. How does it feel? I think it's a great song. They have a lot of good music. Oh, I love them. I love them. Pam is just such a good friend. I mean, we've, like I said, we've known each other for years. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping if In the Dark happens, she'll have a song in that too. Man, it'd be great. Yeah, very vampire-ish. She, she would be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, we just to get off topic, we were talking about a bunch of oh, there's so much fiction and movies, indie stuff to look for right now. But um, you're involved with, a, with the indie lounge show, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I actually um, I produce it. Uh, it's my girlfriend's TV show. Her name is Mandy Del Rio, and uh, and it, it's awesome. I mean, it's a legit TV show. I mean, it's, you know, it's not a web series or anything. I mean, it's on uh, cable vision in New Jersey. Um, it goes to about 200,000 homes. Uh, that's actually in the, in the one county that it broadcasts in, and it's actually expanding. Uh, her show just got picked up by TV 34 in Montclair. Um, so we're going to, you know, we're going to continue it in cable vision up in, uh, Sussex and Morris County, but now it's expanding to different parts of New Jersey. Um, so yeah, it's great. She's had, uh, she had Jackie the Joke Man on from oh, the house get out of here. show. Yeah. She interviewed him. She had Don Most who played Ralph Mouth yes. on Happy Days. Yeah. He was on John DeBallis. She had Ted Bohus on. Um, so yeah, she just keeps, you know, getting one guest after another. Our next guest is going to be, uh, uh, Charles Kipps, who is a, a thriller writer. Um, and he's also a TV producer. He produced like the Cosby mysteries, a bunch of stuff. Um, so she just keeps on getting these great guests on the show and, and her show is, uh, it's, it's growing. So, um, I was mentioning, uh, Todd Saruch when we were, uh, uh, up in Lake Hopakong, that's where we were shooting at the studio there for Cablevision. Todd was doing uh, film reviews at the end of her show. Uh, he goes by the horror nerd, great guy. <laughs> um, because we're making the switch now to this new station, they're changing the format around, so we're not going to have a film reviewer on there anymore. Uh -huh. um, but we're going to try and get Todd on there somehow, whether it's on her show or with the station in another capacity. 
Um, I would definitely love for you and Todd to connect. He's a great guy. Uh, yeah, I'd be um, honored to. Absolutely. Yeah. So cool guy. We'll trade emails. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Uh, sounds good. But, yeah. Send, send yeah her, her show's doing great though, man. And I, I mean, and, and it's, uh, it's one of those, you know, we should definitely can uh, stay in touch because we might be able to share guests as well. Okay. Yeah. That kind of snowballs for me. You know, like after I talk to you, I may get one of your actors or actresses on at some point. You know, it's just, it's really nice how that community does kind of stick together. And, there, and it's not just one community of horror. There's so many. Pittsburgh has its own clique here. It's amazing. Um, Pittsburgh's, amazing. You, yeah. Pittsburgh's the greatest city in the in the world for horror. Wow. I mean, that's Thanks, period, yeah. the end of story. I don't think any city compares to Pittsburgh when it comes to horror. Cool. Well, I'm trying to break my way through as well. Uh, now, we talked about, you know, your inspirations more than a few times, but did you ever have, like, well, a moment that wasn't, you know, horror movie-oriented or any kind of media, just like, I'll just tell you right now, what got me into writing was, uh, and this is a shout out to my friend Mike, Mike Ficasio, back on Long Island. Um, we used to sit in fifth grade and draw these monsters, these hideous monsters, like the, the cover of the Queen album where the robots smashing them in their yeah. hands. And, and we, me and Mike used to just draw these things and get in trouble doing it. And <laughs> then we realized, wait, there's an audience for this. <laughs> and it can get yeah, you in trouble. Awesome. <laughs> but did you ever have that moment, like something, I don't know, a sketch or just in a weird place at a weird time? And you're like, you know what? I got to make horror. That's all there is to it. Yeah, no, I mean, not something like that. I mean, that for me, it was pretty much the two defining moments for me was, was like I said, when I was eight watching, I saw Star Wars at the yeah, theater. Yeah. And then reading The Shining when I was about nine. Um, and that, you know, yeah. at school, I was reading that book obsessively at school instead of paying attention. <laughs> um, those were kind of the two moments, though. And, okay. and for anything outside of horror, I mean, Honestly, man, my all-time favorite movie, just my all-time favorite movie in general is Goodfellas. You know, I'm, I'm a movie. big Scorsese guy, um, and I love Apocalypse Now, too. So, you know, I'm not I'm not all about horror, you know. I mean, and it's not all horror or nothing, you know. Oh, I agree. Um, I agree, yeah. It, it, yeah. it makes it that much better when you come back to it, if you ask me. Um, just like when I go see bands, like, you know, if, if a rap group opens up for a metal band, I love it because it's like it, it just cleanses the air in between the music, you know, and it's like hearing a whole sure. new band for the first time again. But, yeah, this, um, well, there, there is a lot of good horror reading out there, and I came across something, and I thought of you immediately. When it, I shouldn't say came across, my, my publisher signed this guy and sent me the book to review and, and put a little blurb on the inside cover. The, the, the guy's name is Josh Hancock. The book is called Girls of October, and I could see you making this movie, and because it isn't just horror, but it's one of the greatest horror stories I've read in a long time. Oh my god, um, okay, I'd love to read it. Just imagine a newsreel, uh, well, a fake newsreel that makes you believe this really happened, and it's it's excerpts from like a, a radio broadcast, TV footage, of the, this girl who just uh, committed this, these horrendous murders, supposedly. And um, it's it's very Halloween, you know, Michael Myers. But is it? There's also there's some witchery going on there. Um, but it's just this collection, a collage, if you will, of uh, bits and pieces of puzzle that go together to create this book. And again, Girls of October, Josh Hancock. I, if I get the permission, I'd love to send it to you just so you can enjoy it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Does he have? I mean, is is he hoping to make it into a film? Do you I, know? I mean, do you have that uh, like that type of relationship with him where you can yes. discuss that with him? I, I, I definitely could. Um, the reason I say this too is because it, it just fit together. Like while you're you're actually watching the movie, reading this book, 
and I just thought it was really amazing. I don't know if he's pitched it anywhere else, but he's kind of a, he's I think he's big time. Uh, I think he's out on the West Coast. I'm not sure, but he's okay. under he's under Burning Bowl Publishing, which is our label here. As again, Josh Hancock. If I get permission from my publisher, I, I'll maybe I'll send you the copy of it. I'd love to. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you'll love it. I mean, you really will. Um, how about you? What you probably don't get to read anything. I haven't. Oh my God. It's been so long since I've read anything, man. It's, it's, I mean, I, I am so far behind on everything. I mean, I, between, you know, making infliction, then marketing it and then trying to get in the dark off the ground. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, I'm having a hard time even watching movies now. You know, I saw Fury. I saw Fury the other night with Brad Pitt and uh, John Bernthal, which I thought was great. I wanted to see that. Um, yeah, it was a good movie. I mean, I, I saw that. I mean, what else have I seen recently? American Sniper, which was awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it's been, I, I, I just wanted to, you know, uh, read, uh, oh my God, what was it? Uh, Animal Farm. You know? Oh, you know, that's <laughs> funny. That's on my shelf too. I've been wanting to pick that up. Yes. Swear to God, I started reading it and then I just got tied up with everything and I was like, oh man, I'm just, I would die to just read a book right now, <laughs> you know, to be honest with you. And I'm, I'm just talking just fiction, you know, give me a Stephen King book or. <laughs> or Dean Koontz or something. I just need to read something, you know? <laughs> so uh, I just got to make some time for life, man. But I'm just, I'm so busy with work and, and I love it. So I'm not complaining. Well, there's a lot out there. Um, I, another plug I got to throw out there is Book Trope. Um, Book Trope's Horror Hooligans. Um, there's a e-zine coming out, uh, starting in June, actually. This one's, this one's called, uh, Girls Rock Harder. It's all the female, uh, female, uh, authors under book trope. Now you may or may not have heard of Maddie Holiday Von Stark. Uh, no. Okay, she's no. in there, and Jesse McHugh are two of the two of them. But this, this is an easy, and I'm involved with it too. Um, okay. I, yeah, I have a story uh, going out there about Camp Hero on Montauk. If you are familiar with that, um, just uh, you're, you know Plum Island and the weirdness yes. that made. Well, this is, I, I did my own take on. Camp Hero, which is an abandoned military camp, and why it, it is so. Oh, cool. And yeah, it's it, it, all it is, is these short stories um, that will be coming out monthly with this easy, and people pay like three bucks, and they can subscri- subscribe each month to six horror writers and their stories. So yeah, it, it, that's that's a big thing coming out. And we were talking about Canada earlier. Um, again, Lydia Peaver, um, Nightface. That's a great vampire book, unlike any of you read. Okay. Nightface okay. 2 is coming out. She sent me a little excerpt of it, and I'm allowed to say that it's really good. <laughs> okay, cool. I can't talk too much more about it. And another guy, Duncan Ralston. These people are all on Facebook, too. Um, he's out of Toronto, and he wrote this crazy book called Gristle and Bone. You might oh, want to, yeah, horror fans need to look this one up. All I can tell you is at the bottom of the book jacket, it says, this one's, a, this one's about cannibalism, monsters, vengeful spirits, and the apocalypse. <laughs> Like, wow. That sounds awesome. <laughs> how, how do you fit all that in there? But he has a new one out called, um, How to Kill a Celebrity. <laughs> this guy's great. Oh, that's awesome. Duncan that Ralston. Awesome. I'm telling that's you now. That's actually funny that you brought that up because the new screenplay that I'm working on, the one that I really can't say anything about, it's a whole play on the celebrity culture and it's going to be like a black comedy. Nice. So we had talked about that earlier and I, you know, with the soundtrack and everything. So that's, <laughs> that's funny. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, then, yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see that one. Um, but, yeah, this guy here, again, out of Toronto, Duncan Ralston. Look him up on Twitter. I think he's on Twitter. And he, he's funny. We've been going back and forth. He has a lot of followers, too. Um, yeah, good guy, good guy. So that, that's that's it for horror reading, unless you want to hear about my stuff. But they always hear my stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait to read your work, man. I mean, absolutely. I would love to. I'll send you something. Do you prefer short stories or a novel? 
Um, I mean, I, I would love to read a novel, but my time is so limited. I mean, I would love to start with your short stories, to be okay. honest. I mean, that, and I mean, if if you can send your novel, I would love to read it. I just don't know if I'm going to get to it. A- no problem. Soon. Not a problem. I will do that. Um, dwelling well, in the short yeah. stories are absolutely up my up my alley. Well, that's dwelling in the dark. That's an anthology of eleven stories, and they all kind of go together, but they they don't cool. have to either. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other novel is The Fall of Tomorrow. That's 200 pages. That's a, just an actual novel, not zombies. I always have to say not zombies. Everybody thinks it's a zombie book, but it's not. They're in there, but it's not about oh. them. <laughs> are, are you uh, Are you a member of the Horror Writers Association? I, people keep asking me that. No, I'm not. I guess yeah, I you should. should uh, you should try and get involved with that, man. I mean, that's it's a great association. It is, you uh, know, very supportive. Um, and and then they do the Bram Stoker Awards. I'm not sure if you're familiar with. I that am or... familiar with that. Yeah. So I, I I was so bummed this year, man. We uh, uh, Infliction actually uh, was on the preliminary ballot. They, you oh. know, they narrow it down to uh, ten screenplays. Wow. And uh, yeah, Infliction was at, it was on the preliminary ballot. It was that Penny Dreadful, Walking Dead, oh, wow. uh, Babadook. Yeah, oh, I, was, okay. I was absolutely shocked to see it on the top ten. It didn't make the actual nomination. What what they do is they assembled the ten uh, the the top ten of the year. Um, in other words, all the members of the Horror Writers Association. I think there's about thirteen hundred. They vote. Uh, they do a preliminary ballot. They narrow it down to 10, and then from there they narrow it down to five who get the actual nomination. And I didn't get the actual nomination, but just to be on that preliminary ballot, that was awesome. That really is. Oh, congratulations again. Yeah, wow. thanks, man. Yeah, I was so bummed. I wanted to get that nomination. I was like, oh, come on. You know, just get one in there for the indie guys, you know. And it was, I think the, the nomination was, it was uh, Penny Dreadful, Walking Dead, uh, Babadook. Mm. I'm trying to think. I think, uh, Doctor Who. Oh, really? Um, and I can't remember what the other one was, but it was all me. Ma- oh, American Horror Story. It was all major stuff. So uh, that, that's depressing. Even though I do like a lot of those shows, I, I, I'd rather see, yeah, I'd rather see get on there um so how family and friends have they just always been very supportive of your work yeah i mean my my family and 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 friends are awesome man i mean and and even you know when you watch disorder you know my dad is in it you know he plays a a detective if you ever get a chance to see disorder i did i did oh oh, you did see yeah i loved it i loved it yeah i mean we sat down and watched it oh god yeah that was like really really good and it just kept twisting (laughs) yeah (laughs) thank you yeah my dad's got a small part in there um you know, my my daughter works uh, worked on Infliction. She was uh, she ran the art department. Um, you know, so oh, it's all family friends. They they work on it. They come to set. I'm just like, uh, you know what, dude? It's it's my set. So it's yeah. one of those where if I want to put friends, family, and small parts or extras or you know, I don't care. I'm gonna do it. You know, it's fun. I I just want you know everyone to be a part of it because it's such a fun experience. You know, that's awesome. Uh, who did your dad play in Disorder? In disorder, he was a detective. Um, when during the flashback scene, when mm-hmm. David was in the interrogation room, and yes. the detective leaned forward and he said, "You better start talking because my patience is wearing thin." That was that was my dad. <laughs> Something tells me you've heard that more than once. <laughs> oh yeah, he was he was born to play that role, man. <laughs> That's so awesome. I just I knew that look on his face whenever I'd piss him off when I was a kid, you know. So I'm like, "Yeah, you're playing the detective." <laughs> that must be you know what? That must be good karma because I, I had my dad on this show too. We talked about. Uh, 
him going to see the Beatles at, at Shea Stadium back in the day. And, oh, wow. uh, yeah, and that was just like my fifth episode ever. And, I, you know, we've only just climbed further and further up. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Something about having your father involved, I guess. I don't know. Dude, yeah. it's fun. You know, I mean, why not? If, yeah. if, you know, you should always count on your family to support you and friends and everything. I mean, that's what it's all about, you know? I agree. I agree. Um, we talked a little bit about soundtrack. Um, do you, do you have the final say with all your soundtracks? Is, is that like, you want con- creative control over the, what music is played in your movies? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, both, uh, you know, with Disorder and with Infliction, yeah, I mean, I picked all the songs. Okay. Uh, they were all indie artists. Uh, within the dark, um, to tie in music, um, what I would love to do, and this is in our business plan, what we're pitching to investors, is do what's called the In the Dark Tour. And what I mean by that is this is something that I, I don't think it's ever been done before. Um, you put together a soundtrack for a film, and all the bands that are on the soundtrack, they go on a tour, you know, together, like a city to city tour. You get a sponsor behind it. Um, so not only is it generating revenue for the film, for the investors, but it's also a marketing campaign to, to create exposure for the film. So, nice. Very um, nice. yeah, so I think that would be totally cool. And that's, that's in our proposal. And, you know, so we want to swing for the fences with this one. Cool. Well, with this, uh, the advent of your uh, in the dark coming out, um, do you yourself, do you like to be involved with the special effects side of things? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> to the extent that, um, I, I need to, uh, guide them. You know, in other words, I'm one of those that if I don't know what I'm doing, I'm hands off. You know, I'm, I'm I don't want to, you know, I don't want to overstep. I don't like, I don't want to get in the way of anything to a point where I screw it up. Gotcha. So, in other words, you know, within the dark, everything's storyboarded. So essentially, what I would do is just give all my storyboards to Vinny and be like, hey, this is how the scene has to look. This is what it's going to look like in terms of an effect. How do we make this happen? And then discuss it with Vinny and come up with the best way to do it. And then obviously let him run with it. You know, that's let the professionals do what they do best. That's awesome. Um, So that's kind of how I do it. I mean, you know, whenever I direct, I'm not one of those, you know, it's my way or the highway. I'm very open to suggestions. Um, You know, I mean, some directors, it's, you know, shut up and do it exactly how I have it written. Other directors, it's almost like ad lib. They just let them run wild. The actors, <laughs> I'm definitely in the middle. You know, I'm open to suggestions, but at the end of the day, I have to have the final say because I know what, what my vision is and what the end product's got to be. Um, so, but it's amazing, you know, I mean, when you, when you let people just voice their opinion and have a, a creative input, it makes the project better, man. I mean, that's, that's all there is to it. That's all. Yeah. I agree with that. It sounds like you have the perfect, uh, blending of, uh, ideas and you're open about, uh, so you let the actor kind of take the role the way they want to take it, but you can kind of guide them through it. Exactly. I mean, basically the way when, whenever we, um, uh, start rehearsals, I always say to the actors, Right now, I know these characters better than you. But mm. by the time we're done with, with our rehearsals, when we get really dive into this, you're going to start telling me things about the characters that I don't even know. That's crazy. So, and that's kind of what happened with Disorder and with Infliction. I mean, with Infliction, Jason Mack, who played John, the, the lead, 
I mean, he was telling me things about his character. I was like, oh, I love it. I love <laughs> it. You know, just it, it was awesome how he brought that character to life. That is so cool. Then you're watching, you know, your own creative talent grow with other people. That's that's really cool to see. That's got to awesome. be satisfying. Well, I mean, uh, geez, I really, there's only one question I really have left, and I know the answer, and I, it's not always a good answer when I ask people this. Are you excited about the new Star Wars? Um, honestly, I am. Okay, good. I am. Uh, I am. I, I, I'm telling you, when I, when I saw the first teaser, I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. But then when I saw that, you know what I'm talking about? When yes, that I new do. trailer came out and Han Solo with Chewie at the end. Yes. I mean, dude, yes. I, I, I got goosebumps. Oh, I, I was, still do. I, I felt like I was eight years old again sitting in Thank that you. theater, you know? Thank you. Absolutely. Yes. That's, that's what's forgotten. Uh, a reason to go to the movies again. A nice big budget one. But you know what? It's one for, you know, everybody can enjoy now that kids, kids are getting to enjoy it like we did. You know, it's, I think it's so cool. I, those scenes in the desert with the Star Destroyer in the sand. Yeah. And they fly into like one of, what was it, like one of the turrets or one of the uh, back engines. Like that's incredible. I, I just, I thought it was so cool. I'm glad to hear that. I had a feeling you would be excited. I can't wait, man. I can't wait. I was not a fan of the new three, um, <laughs> which I don't think anyone was. Um, but what I do like is I'm hearing that JJ Abrams is shooting it on 35. I mean, he's, he's trying to yep. go, uh, with as many uh, practical effects as humanly possible. Yep. I mean, even the android. That android is a—it's a real robot. Is I mean, it really? Real. Oh, that, I didn't know. That's what I heard. Yeah, because people were flipping out that the thing looked all CGI. It looked fake, and he's like, "No, it's a real robot." Oh wow! And he can so, prove that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. So yeah, I, I mean, but oh my god, that new trailer! I was <laughs> like, I was that was it. I think I played it like five times in a row. Yeah, me too. <laughs> And then I sent it, <laughs> sent it five times to five different people. You know, I just, oh yeah. My cousin, my cousin texted me and I know when he texts me after a work day and I'm driving in the car and I see it come from him. It's about Star Wars. So I'm in my car. I'm like, I'm not going to look at my phone because I, you know, I'll go berserk. And he tells me when I get home, I look at the text and he said, don't look at this while you're driving. <laughs> and it, it was the trailer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, what are you going to do? But yeah, I'm really totally geeked up on this. I want to thank you for your time and the music you brought with us today that you gave to us and shared thanks for having me on man i had a blast it didn't even feel like uh an interview i mean it just felt like we were we were hanging out talking you know we try for that we try for that it's um awesome. and it's all about the music too i that, kettle whistle radio is always uh music horror subcultures comic books you know everything that you know we all now is it's all mainstream now isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. it's crazy man these comic cons now are insane i can't yeah. believe how mainstream comics are now. I know, I know, I know. It's, it's, it is amazing. I, I, I was a collector. I think we talked about that last time too. Yeah. I, I still, yeah. I'll buy stuff every now and then. I love the independent comics. Um, and we, I did, oh, you know what? I, I have to send you the free comics, uh, for free comic book day. Myself and, uh, John Towers, who was the artist and a fellow writer behind it. Uh, we sent out the four issues of a comic we did about five years ago. Um, oh wow! Yeah, it, it's it's a it's it's pretty funny. It's called World Zombie Wrestling Association. Okay. <laughs> yes, that's uh, awesome. <laughs> uh, dig, if you will, the picture. Um, it, imagine Buck Rogers uh, arrives back on Earth, very Planet of the Apes, but it's zombies. It's the Earth is run by a megalomaniac robot who uh, is bored, and he wants. So he starts the Zombie Wrestling Association, and our our hero, who ha also has a, a robot with him that hates him, get involved in tag team matches with zombies. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. It, 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 
<laughs> you know what? It's it's actually kind of a funny read. I will send you those. All four cool. issues. I don't know how I left you out of that one, but <laughs> I would love to see it, man. All that right. sounds awesome. Well, again, thank you for your time, uh, folks. I mean, you got to check out this guy's film, Inflection. Uh, Jack Thomas Smith has made. Uh, well, he's blown me away. Again, I think I've watched it three times, maybe four. Um, it's worth watching half dozen to get it all in, I think. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. So when's the next time uh, it can be viewed? Where can um, people see this? Oh, with with, with Infliction in yeah. terms of a screening, um, I don't know yet. I think we're booking one in Indianapolis at Days of the Dead um, at the Wait, end of June. You're going right to be there. Now that looks like it's going to be the only one for for the next couple months. Jack, you're going to be there. I don't know. I don't oh. know. I might be. Why are you thinking about going? I'm there. I'm there with John Russo. Yes, and, and uh, Gary Vincent. Yeah, we have two oh, tables. Wow. Two tables. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely let you know. I'm not sure yet if we're going to be able to make that one or not. Oh, but um, I, I have you been dealing with Jason Hoover? That's the the person I speak to there. Um, no, you know what? Uh, it's booked through my the publisher Gary uh, Vincent. He, who you, okay. should, you should friend him too. He's a great guy. He books oh, no, everything. No, I know Gary. Gary's awesome. Oh, you yeah, great okay. guy. Yeah, he, he books um, yeah, everything. I deal, with, I deal with a guy named Jason Hoover. He handles the film aspect of it, you know, all the films that screen okay. there. Um, so, yeah, he contacted me and said they wanted to screen it there because we had a great turnout at the one in Chicago. Yeah. Um, so I know he's he's going to book it there. I just don't know if we're going to get out there or not. But, I, I mean, yeah, if we do, we'll definitely hang out. Absolutely. You know, definitely. Oh, I'm there. I'm there. For, we're getting there Friday afternoon. I'll be there all through Sunday. We may even be, I'm not sure if we're leaving Sunday or Monday. I don't remember. But, we're yeah, we're staying at, right across the way from it. So we did last year. It was such a blast. Is that is India a good one? Because I'll tell you, Chicago was amazing. Yeah, I man. hear things about that. Oh my God! I, I I mean, what a well-run operation. That's probably honestly, it's probably the best horror convention we've been to. Is is Days of the Dead? Well, yeah, so far it's been my favorite and best one for me uh, last year. Uh, but yeah, I will be there June. I think it's the twenty-sixth. Is that right? June twenty-sixth. Yeah, end of June. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We'll be there. I'm looking forward to it. So look for uh, the John Russo table and come over and say hi. Smack me in the head. Whatever you want to do. But no, Dude, I, absolutely. <laughs> I will definitely let you know if, if we're uh, if we're going. Absolutely. I've you know I've made connections at that one that I I've for the past year have been some of the best people I've met so far. So, yeah, good times. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, I got to meet, um, oh, God, Bill Mosley last time. I, I brag about that. Oh, that's that. cool. That was a great interview. Oh, my God, was he funny. He was so funny. Yeah, uh, he's, you know, he's another one. I haven't met him yet, but he's so supportive of indie, mm -hmm. just indie projects and just the whole, you know, the whole uh, uh, environment, you know, where he gets out and meets with people and talks to people. At least that's that's what I've seen. That's what I've heard. Well, you know what? Maybe we're going to go out with one of his songs. He gave me two of his albums, uh, The Corn Bugs, and uh, I'm allowed to play his music. So we're, we're, we'll go out with a Corn Bugs song. <laughs> awesome. You might, you <laughs> might like it. You might like it. If you like it, I'll see if he'll let me uh, send it to you. Cool. Cool. <laughs> All right. No, I'm kidding around. But, um, hey, this was great. And um, we're going to go out with the Corn Bugs. And, uh, we, you know, I want to thank uh, Mr. Jack Thomas Smith for coming on Kettle Whistle Radio. And you should tell the folks where to find you on Twitter and anywhere else. Yeah, thanks. Uh, it, they can go to the uh, official Infliction website, which is inflictiontapes.com. Uh, on Twitter, you can find me at uh, Jack T. Smith One. Uh, for Infliction, you can find uh, at Infliction Tapes. Uh, for the Indigo, uh, the uh, In the Dark Indiegogo campaign, um, you can find it at uh, on Twitter at In the Dark JTS on Facebook. Um, it's, uh, in the dark movie. 
Um, and then the uh, uh, for the website, you could also go to foxtrailproductions.com. That's my production uh, company website, and that has info for the uh, In the Dark uh, Indiegogo campaign. So, uh, yeah, thanks. I mean, thanks for having me on, man, and Absolutely. thanks for uh, letting me spread the word. You bet. There you have it. Folks, Infliction, check it out. Check out the website. It's amazing. I love it with the news trailer on there and everything. Oh, it's so much fun. But, okay, we'll talk to you again. And uh, until then, maybe we'll see you in Indianapolis. You got it, man. Thanks. All right. Good night. Hippie days are done. Nixon's the one. Now he's Hamburg on a bun. Timothy Leary, message bleary. Turn off, tune out, drop dead, drop in. Skin all wrinkled like an elephant in the shower, and hour by hour I'm getting older. Hippie days are done, put your clothes back on, and more me in California. Long haired man with smoking gun, standing over Donovan. Wear your love like heaven down at the 7 Eleven drinking beer. No more love pig dandelions, no more iron butterfly, no more getting high on sin, no more ho 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 chi men. Tippy days are done. Where's Moonbeam Joy and Evelyn? Stashed in the freezer by this old geezer. <laughs> I thaw them out, I pop a pill, and man, they taste good on the grill. Hippie days are done, rare, well done, or medium. You want some? Real good. <laughs> you like it? The hacksaw hacks. The hippie shafts. The crash pads love beat hippie dads. Crash pads love beat hippie dads. Hippie days are done. Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. 
I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric acid. Electric acid. 